0: Good morning and welcome to the Sunday school lesson for today, Sunday. This will be lesson number 12, May the 23rd, 2021. We're in the spring quarter of 2021, unit number 3, Courageous Prophets of Change. Devotional reading will come from Songs 147. The background scripture comes from Ezekiel the 18th chapter. The print passage comes from Ezekiel the 18th chapter verses 1 through 9. In the 30th and the 32nd verse. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, 45 Church Street, Petermonton Springs, Alabama, 36471, our telephone number 2515642171. The church where everybody is somebody and Christ is the head. Reverend Waylon Oliver is our pastor, Sister Josh Oliver is our first lady. Miss Lisa Starvis is our clerk We you normally have Sunday schools every Sunday at 9.30 but uh, since that COVID plague we have been doing it here on um, the website for the church and posting it to uh, House of Learning Gospel Blog Talk Radio worship services on 2nd, 4th and 5th Sunday we have a 5th Sunday in this month so we will be having services on the 5th Sunday next Sunday as well and um, we hope you'll join us today for church service with Reverend A. Waylon Oliver, bringing you the message. Uh, services will be in the parking lot. And um, our musician, Mr. Corey Robinson, will be broadcasting it on our website. All right. Um, our key verse, our key verse, our key verse for today Behold, all souls are mine, and the souls of the Father. So, also the souls of the sons is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Ezekiel, the 18th chapter and the 4th verse. Alright, that's the King James versions of that scripture. The New NIV version of that scripture. Everyone belongs to me, the parents as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Our big subject for today is take responsibility. Take responsibility. This lesson aim, as a result of experiencing this lesson, the participants should be able to do these things. Examine behavior in which we blame others as the cause. Commit to being responsible for their own behavior. Engage in responsible behavior that finds favor with God. Some of the key terms for today. One is uh, live L-I-V-E, uh, Hebrew word to be alive, to let live, repent. That's a Hebrew word also for shoot, turn away from return, turn, stop doing what you're doing is wrong. Let's stop doing whatever you're doing, turn, go a different direction. Righteous, it's a Hebrew word for tzedek, just blameless. Uh, sin, a Hebrew word Qatar goes wrong, Mrs. DeMart trespasses, sin Good lesson for today. Take responsibility. That's a message for all of us. All of us tend to point fingers at others, but the truth is we must take responsibility for our own actions. It is easy to blame our background or our upbringing for the misfortune we face. What is the role of personal responsibility? Ezekiel warns that each person will answer to God for their own behavior, and that favor with God only comes through repentance and obedience. The Lesson in Focus There is a strong human tendency to blame others rather than accepting responsibility for one's own action, beginning with Adam and Eve, the history of God's people, and his dealing with them reveals an inclusion, inclination to pass the buck to others rather than take personal responsibility for their own sin. The exiles in Babylonia to whom Ezekiel ministered attempted to play the blame game with God. At the root of this tendency is the ungodly pride that caused people to see themselves as more righteous or worthy than the ones they blame for their misfortune. In their minds, someone is more deserving than they or of the guilt or consequences related to their situation. The exile blamed their predicament, predicament on their ancestors, rejecting the notion that God had fairly judged them as unrighteous and that their own disobedience had landed them in captivity. The lesson in context Ezekiel was one of several prophets who ministered to God's people during and after their foreign exile. God gave the prophets a word for his broken, distraught people. Like Jeremiah, Ezekiel was both a priest and a prophet. He was taken captive following Nebuchadnezzar's second siege of the city of Jerusalem along with King king and a group of at least 10,000 other the Jews. Ezekiel was a contemporary of Jeremiah and Daniel. His message to the exiled in Babylon included Refuting the claims of false prophets who assured that exiles that they would return to Judah shortly. For a period of about nine years, Ezekiel warned them that Jerusalem would fall and their exile would be prolonged. After receiving the news that the city had fallen, Ezekiel prophesied focused prophecies were focused on Israel's consolidation and future restoration. To their homeland, as the prophet explained the reason for God's judgment of the nation, had to refute the exile adamant claim that they did not deserve the punishment. God had prepared Ezekiel for this task and told him the exile were as rebellious as those who remained in Jerusalem were blind to their own sin. Using a well-known proverb, the exiles excused themselves and claimed that God could not justify blame them for their patient sins. Claiming to be more righteous than their ancestors and too righteous for God's judgment, the exiles became guilty of prideful self-deception. They blamed anyone but themselves for their situation, the ancestors, and even God." The blame game. What does God? Why does God hold each individual accountable for his or her own sins? I'm go back to an old saying, about the white old folks used to say, "Every tub sits on its own bottom." You're responsible for your own sins. What more qualities does God require from His people to do what's right, live what's right, take responsibility for your actions? Does the righteousness and will surely live refer to physical life, spiritual life, or both? Does he is righteous and will surely live refer to physical life, spiritual life, spiritual life? What is the danger of refusing to accept responsibility for your own actions? Escape escape scapegoating, making excuses. Look, look at insights. Many people go through life blaming every misfortune or mishap in their lives or something on someone else, the devil, the weather, the other people, bad luck, or God. At the other extremes are those who blame themselves for everything in the Garden of Eden when called to account for their sin. Adam blamed God for giving him Eve, while Eve blamed the serpent. Centuries later, their descendants were still playing the blame game. As Moses led Israel through the wilderness, they blame him for the inconvenience of life in the wilderness while remaining blind to their own rebellion against God and lack of faith. The same attitude followed Israel throughout their years in the Promised Land to the years of Babylonian exile. Today, people blame their sinful behavior on genetic makeup. The conditions of their environment, their upbringing, the failures or shortcomings of the church, and the flawed influence of spiritual leaders and church members. And old saying rings true: Every tub must sit on its own bottom. Despite the strong human tendency to point a blame finger in every direction but the right one, God has always judged His people based on their individual faith and conduct. Let's look at exploration. Use the focus of this lesson to help internalize the principle of personal accountability for your own behavior. Discuss Vader's reason why it's easier to blame others than admitting the personal failures and flaws. Invite the students to consider the burden that the blame game places on the local church. God does call believers to live with integrity so that others will be blessed by the light of their witnessing and glorifying God. Allow the class allow for discussion, whether it be biblical, to blame the poor witnesses or worldly Christians for their spiritual shortcoming. Challenge yourself to be sure that their failures that your failures to live in more spiritual integrity does not become a reason for immature Christians. Youth or unchurched person to blame the church. Encourage Encourage each other to practice honest self-examination and repentance as to keep to avoiding the blame game in your own lives. Take responsibility of your part in your situation or your condition. It just didn't happen, it's not always somebody else's fault. Most of the time, the problem is you. Start with yourself to get corrected and get back on the right path. All right, let's go to uh, our first outline, Ezekiel 18, chapter, verses 1 through 4. The Word of the Lord came to me saying, What means ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge? When you eat sour grapes... Or sour plums, we like to add salt with it, and your teeth get on the edge. That's your teeth. That's you eating the sour grapes. Now, somebody else eats sour grapes with salt, or whatever grapes or plums, or whatever um, apples, uh, whatever that we choose to eat with that is green, and our teeth get on edge. Your teeth get on edge, not the person that's watching you eat it, or somebody else. That goes directly back to every tub will sit on its own bottom. All right. As I live, says the Lord God, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel. In other words, God said to them, (laughs) he's telling them, you are going to stop playing the blame game because your blame is going to be on you. The blame will be on you for whatever you do. Every tub will sit on its own bottom. That's why it is driving that point home. Behold, all souls are mine, and the souls of the Father, so also the souls of sons is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. You do wrong, you take responsibility, that responsibility is yours. The burden falls on you. The consequences of that wrong falls on you, not somebody else. The sins of the sons, Is not the sins of the father. Sins of the fathers, not the sins of the son. Every tub sits on its bottom. We've said it several times. You're responsible for your wrong, and the responsibility will rest on you. For every one belongs to me, the parents as well as the child both belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Quite clear. Prior to his message of individual accountability, Ezekiel had delivered three parables focused on the conviction, on the conviction of the nation for their sins in chapter 15 and 17. Apparently the proverb that God questioned had been well circulated and widely embraced among the exile. You can see that in verse one. All right? And it says, the prophet Jeremiah Ezekiel, contemporary, had quoted the same proverb in Jeremiah 31, 29, and 30. The proverbs assert that the children were suffering because of the sins of their parents. No. Rather than belonging to their own sins. That's the truth right there. The sins of the sons and some of it's not had to do with the fathers. It's the, it's the ones that commit the sin. That's whose responsibility is. That's who performed it is. That's who will get the brunt of the sin. If you do wrong, the wrong will fall on you, not somebody else. The exiles therefore believed that God was punishing them unjustly. Through Ezekiel, God refuted the false proverb. The proverb mayhem originated from an interpretation of God's word in Exodus 20 and 5, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, and Deuteronomy 5 concerning the sins of one parent. The fall of Judas, however, resulted from the Collective sins of God's people across the general toward across the generation, those who had landed in captivity, however, were no more innocent of righteousness than those ancestors. God does not punish the innocent for the sins of the guilty. Those who quoted the proverb dared to deny their own guilt by blaming others for their suffering. God forbid the continued use of this proverb by declaring by declaring that every individual is personally accountable to him by divine ownership verses 3 and 4 God owns you and you are personally responsible to God for your action what you do is your responsibility and you will take the responsibility for what you do the soul that sins the sins that the one that sins that's where The burden will rest. Every guilty person will receive just punishment for their own sins. The principle should serve as a wake-up call for us to personally examine our own lives as believers, identify our own sins, take ownership of them, and repent and live right before him every day. How does knowing that God holds you accountable for your own sin affect more your attitude toward obeying the Scripture? How does it affect you knowing that God's going to judge you for what you do? He's not going to judge your mother for what you do, or your father, or your sister, or your brother. God's going to judge you. Why do we blame others for the negative outcome of our own inappropriate choices? What is the risk of playing the blame game in families, in government leadership, in the church? It always hurts you in the end. You may try to blame it off on somebody else for a while, but it always going to end up hurting you. Let's look at Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, verses 5 through 9. But if a man... Be just and do that which is lawful and right. But if a man be just and do that which is lawful and right, there is good in that. There is times when, remember what Job, right? When God will put things on you to test you to see who you are. Let's go to verse 6. And hath not eaten upon the mountain, neither had lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, neither had defiled his neighbor's wife, neither had come near a ministering woman. In other words, if you did the things that are right, did the things that are good, you will be all right. Now look to this, look at verse 7, and hath not oppressed any, but hath restored to the debt of his pledge, but hath spoiled none of the violence, Has given his bread to the hungry, and hath covered the naked with garments. He that hath not given forth upon usury, neither hath taken any increase, that hath withdrawn his hand from iniquity, hath executed true judgment between man and man, hath walked in my statutes, has kept my judgment to deal truly. He is just. He shall surely live, said the Lord God. Do what is right, and you will live. Do what is wrong, sin, and you will die. Clear, clear, clear. He who follows my decrees and faithfully keep my laws, that man is righteous. He will surely live declares the Sovereign Lord. Do what's right and you shall live. Do what's wrong, sin, and you shall die. Clear, very clear indeed. All right. Ezekiel builds the the case for individual accountability by presenting three hypothetical scenarios. A righteous man doing right, verse 5 and 9, the wicked son or a righteous father, verses 10 and 13, and the righteous son and the wicked father, verse 14 and 18. The first scenario presents the profile of a righteous man who observes God's law with all his heart. His profile is a list of moral qualities that God requires by law. This man was not guilty of taking part in a sacrificial meal offered to idols, nor of praying to them. Verse 6, additionally, his righteousness man maintained a right relationship with his fellow Israelites. Particularly, he was not guilty of adultery or violating other laws concerning purification and sexual activity. Verse 6b. The righteous man was also honest in his financial dealings, was compassionate, and treated others equitably according to the law. He did not lend money to high interest rates or hold any articles taken as a pledge for them, because this man demonstrated moral purity and genuine compassion and justice toward others. God declares that we would not suffer for the sins of others. You can see that in verse 9. This declaration must be kept in the context in which it is given. Everyone will endure suffering and inconvenience because of the relativities of life in a fallen world. In other words, situations in the world sometimes go awry, and you get in bad situations. Excuse me. Because of situations in the world. But but the bottom line is this. The soul that sins is the soul that dies. You sin, and you pay the consequences for your sin. Everyone will endure suffering and inconvenience because of relatives of life in a fallen world, but none of us will specifically be held accountable for anyone's sin but our own. Nobody sin but your own. Judah had sinned against God for a generation. Over time, Judah fell deep into immorality and idolatry. God sent prophets to call the nation to repent, but when sin continued, God eventually allowed the nation to reap the consequences of spiritual rebellion. There is no substitute for obedience to God. Do you think the church plays adequate emphasis on preaching and teaching the necessity of holy living? Explain briefly. Yes, it does constantly remind us of the wedges of sin. But sometimes, and in a lot of cases, we don't listen. It is good to adhere to God's word. Again, you sin, you pay the price, not somebody else. Discuss the unbiblical practice of predatory lending. Oh, look at that. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody lent you $5 and you want you to pay 500 back? That's predatory lending. All okay, right, let's go to Ezekiel, the 18th chapter in the 30th and the 32nd verse. This is the last outline, and we hope that you have been following the line and you thoroughly understand the gist of the lesson today, which is um, the print passage of Ezekiel eighteen one and 9 and 30 and 32nd verse, Take Responsibility, Take Responsibility for Your Sins. Alright, this is Ezekiel 18th chapter, this is the 30th and the 32, 32nd verse. These are the last um, three verses, and it goes like this. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel. And you can replace that. Therefore, I will judge you. Use your name. Whatever your name is or whoever you are, God's going to judge you. He's not going to judge George for Jim, or Jim for Judy, or Judy for whoever. He's going to judge you. O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord. God, repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Repent. 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 Cast away from you all your transgression whereby ye have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? You can replace all of that with it and use yourself as an example. Stop doing what you're doing that you know is a sin. Change your ways, repent, change direction. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that die, said the Lord. God is not happy that you sin and you die. He want all to be saved. He is not happy at all, said the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, Jesus is talking to those that have sinned, declares the sovereign Lord, repent and live. Ezekiel concluded the teaching on individual accountability by calling the exiles to take responsibility for personal sins, because every way of a man is right in his own eye, Proverbs 21 and 2. The exiles are those still in Jerusalem dare to blame God for punishing them unjustly. God clarifies that he would judge each individual conduct before him. At the same time, God offered repentance as an avenue of escape from judgment. The call to repentance involved turning away from your personal transgression and embracing spiritual renewal. This would result in a new heart and a new spirit. Each person has to repent and take responsibility for his own sins. God's desire is for every person to enjoy a righteous relationship with Him. You can see that in verse 32. By simply choosing to repent and live, God has not changed. The same choices are still on the table. Will you repent and live or waste your time trying to blame someone else for you are missing the mark of God's holiness? All right. Why must the need for personal spiritual transformation be taught? Because it is the right way. It is the way that God has taught us. It's the way Jesus is telling us here right now. Will you repent and live or waste your time trying to blame someone else for you missing the mark of God's holiness? Repent and live. Why must the need for personal spiritual transformation be taught? Because it is the right way and the right thing to do. It teaches responsibility. Explains the hope of restoration and mercy that God holds out for all those who have lost their way. He stands calling you. You hear the pastor at most sermons, end of sermon, he offers for you to come the doors of the church open. Come as you are. This week commit to taking a personal inventory of your personal relationship with the Lord. We are quick to dismiss our sins as insignificant or to make excuses for it. But as God observes your behavior and attitude, what do you think? He sees. Identify an area of disobedience, own it, confess it, and seek his help through the Holy Spirit to overcome it. A quick review of the leading new headlines, popular songs, lyrics, and stories on top top television shows and movies will remind you that our culture does not take God serious. As a nation, we overlook, tolerate, and excuse sin at almost every level of society. Those who are confronted for their immorality and disobedience to God flip the conversation and blame anything and everyone but themselves. The easy tolerance... Of sin makes matters worse because society's moral standards have drifted so far from God's Word that many people seem to be completely ignorant of what is right. Across thousands of years, God's words to His people in captivity remain irrelevant today. Your response to God will determine your destiny. Sin and its temptations are all around us. Yet when we sin, we are the first to point a finger and scream, it wasn't my fault. Do you feel encouraged to take responsibility for your actions and thoughts and to confess and repent? Where there is genuine repentance and sincere effort to correct the wrong, God will forgive. He knows geniality He knows when you're faking. Even when you do not realize it, Someone is always watching your life and taking note of your behavior and Christian witnesses in the world. When you, are deliberately, when, when you are deliberate about engaging in responsible behavior, you not only find favor with God, but also draw others to Jesus. All right. The lesson for Sunday, May the 30th, 2021, which will be the fifth Sunday, is Changing for the Better. Changing for the better. Devotional reading is John 2. The background script is John 3, and the printed text is John third chapter, verses one through ten. Don't forget next week's lesson. Now, uh, changing for the better. Also, the home daily Bible reading, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Five days. Uh, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days. Have studied, prepare you for the Sunday school lesson, which God mercy prevails. Let us pray. Our Father and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you for this opportunity to teach the Word, and to bring the Word as Thou hast given it to us to deliver to this flock. Thank you for this church, Reverend Oliver, and the pastor, and all of us of Antioch Normal Baptist Church, and all the churches where doors are open in Your name. Thank you, Jesus, be with us and guide us. Keep us strong. Keep us focused on the path in which we must travel. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your grace and patience toward us. Forgive us for falling short of your glory. We all have fallen short of your glory. And we thank you for the opportunity to repent and find forgiveness and restoration. Repent and restoration is in you, Jesus Christ, God Almighty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, thank you for listening. God willing, you'll be able to hear us and hear me next Sunday. We hope uh, Miss Ernestine will be bringing the lesson. We have given her the opportunity to call the radio station number and record the Sunday School lesson for the fifth Sunday. Until then, God bless you. We'll see y'all next Sunday.